This is the EPLOG audio experience. Film is clearly a sophisticated art, possibly the most important art of the 20th century with a rather complex history of theory and practice, writes James Monaco in his book How to Read a Film. So far in our podcast, The Artists, we have had filmmakers, writers, critics, programmers from some of the top film festivals, musicians, thinkers, defining their combinatorial skills. We at Metaphysical Lab have been striving to expand the realm of our podcast, which in turn gives a wider uh, canvas to the understanding of our experiences. And also we have tied up with Epilogue Media, the podcasting network, so you can find us on their website, epilogmedia slash the artists. And of course, you can continue to listen to us on the platforms that you choose from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to GeoSavon to Google Podcasts. Everything is mentioned in the description. And of course, you can reach us uh, on the WhatsApp number and our email ID. I'm your host, Suchita, and I'm looking forward to a wonderful journey ahead with all of you. So the 49th episode of our podcast, The Artist, and next week we are touching the 50th episode, half a century, and that is so awesome. We've also started getting some analytics on the podcast as we joined our new collaborators, Epilogue Media, and just amazes me where all the podcast is reaching uh, the countries and places that are unheard of, and that sort of puts a smile on our faces because oh my god which is that country and what is that place and who are you guys and uh, culturally it'll be so exciting to know what countries and places you live in and what are your future plans of being a filmmaker or are you already a filmmaker or are you you know a photographer or are you a painter or are you a musician so do come and introduce yourself it'll be such a pleasure to know all you guys. So guys, today we have with us Panos and, and I'm not going to make an effort to pronounce his entire name because it's a Greek name and it's a very difficult name to pronounce. So go check out the description and you'll find his entire name. So Panos is a Greek-born, London-educated and currently Shanghai resident conceptual artist and having studied semiotics, culture and art, he also works as a cultural intelligence and strategy director for a multinational marketing agency and when I sort of read that I was like oh my god his works have been exhibited in venues across Europe and Asia such as Royal Academy of Arts, Arte, Laguna, Square Gallery and Unknown Asia. The basic principle underlying Panos' work is the application of semiotic conceptualization to various meaning agents but mainly found objects to compose installations in the form of surrealistic metatext. So we talk about various things. We talk about uh, Magritte, uh, one of my favorite painters, uh, and the semiotics in his work. We talk about, uh, you know, films, uh, but not uh, in too much of an in-depth. We talk about branding and semiotics. We talk about a lot of stuff that an artist should know. And of course, we talk about his work uh, as a conceptual artist. So guys, you can find Panos on the Instagram handle with his name and you can also find him on LinkedIn. Hi Panos, welcome to our podcast, The Artists, and uh, thank you for joining in. 
and i you know i was trying to uh, sort of you know google you and i thought your name is so unique straight up a hit on your uh, more more about you but actually there are a lot of them with your name it is it is true it is true yes <laughs> why is that it is a common thing yeah. although we are not many greeks but we do have similar names so it gives us a sense that we are more than we we actually are i guess <laughs> and and how do you how do you sort of pronounce your entire name it, it sounds really complicated so my entire name is uh, panagiotis uh, dimitropoulos sure thanks panos tell me tell me this panos you are a conceptual artist and you have studied semiotics culture and art and you work as a cultural intelligence and strategy director and i'm like oh my god what does that mean <laughs> yeah very heavy yeah yes it is uh, it's kind of a, a, a relatively new methodology of uh, of marketing and branding mm. where we look at culture the totality of culture as a big uh, rich an insightful source of data hmm. data that unpro- with that data that we can process through semiotics and cultural analysis uh, to understand uh, different marketing branding um, issues purposes create strategies that are helping brands become one part of culture the logic is uh, behind that that uh, brands have been evolving uh, into more than just uh, selling products Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, hopefully becoming a meaningful uh, uh, agents of culture as well, becoming indistinguishable from culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the ultimate goal, of course. That mm-hmm. is a noble goal that uh, is not very <laughs> marketing uh, friendly in terms of not many brands are adapting that. But uh, in essence, it is about understanding how meanings evolve in culture and how meanings that are relating to brand positionings uh can be expressed uh, identifying trends and then uh, activating on them panos tell me you were born in greece and you you uh, you, you lived in london for most of your life and then you moved to asia and you are now in china Correct, you yes. you you moved from a european sensibility to nation sensibility if and of course this is a very broad topic uh but just to sort of condense it and in, in a couple of points uh what is that you love about you know china that you were perhaps missing uh you know in in in, in london uh i guess we have to talk about the difference between uh, the western world and the asian world mm-hmm. um although london had been uh, an amazing experience and it's still very close to my heart mm. uh First of all, it was the reason I, I moved is, is a reason that I believe I want to explore uh, the planet, the world, mm. uh, and Asia like another place to start. Um, right. Of course, if we're talking about the differences, it is the dinosaur continent, as I call Europe, uh, is a continent, is a place where, um, how can I put this, uh, a lot of it is it is a matter of um, uh, things that are different are specific things that are maybe, Europe is caught in the past hmm. is caught in the, in the in the glory of the past hmm. uh, it's very white centric um, ideologies uh, that has been uh, kind of declining 
So the London, when I first went uh, in uh, 1995, 94, mm. has nothing to do with the London I left 15 mm. years after. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had been a general decline. Mm. Uh, what I love about Asia is uh, there is much more soul, there is much more purity intact, oh. mm-hmm. which is, I guess, related with uh, a kind of uh, a non-fully developed um, capitalistic and culturally uh, culturally very rich, but um, we're talking about a place where still uh, specific uh, values are very much intact, moral values, uh, goodness of people, mm-hmm. uh, and fascinating culture. And me being studying cultures, you know, is such a rich uh, source of many different cultures yeah. uh, that uh, I wanted to explore while I'm working. So it's part of my work, but also it's part of uh, how I, I perceive the world and about understanding the culture of the planet. Absolutely, absolutely. Panos, but tell me, such a, you know, uh, wide difference in the two of them, if you would like to sort of point out a couple of things in terms of how does that culturally affect, um, you know, the art and the creation of art? In terms of? You know, in terms of, you know, a European sensibility versus an Asian sensibility. Well, there is no sensibility in Europe. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> okay. okay. So I wanted to be somewhere with this. Okay. Okay. Somewhere I'm being a bit extreme. This will be a bit of a pattern in my top voice. Please forgive me. Uh, no, forgive no. Uh, no, 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 my fellow all. white listeners. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it is a sense of uh, there's a lot of corruption in the world. Mm. Uh, is mainly uh, associated with, uh, of course, the, uh, the, the the hunger for power, the hunger for money, the hunger for all of these uh, things that are making uh, the world a, a worse place than it can be and it should be. Mm. Uh, here I have found a sense of uh, haven in terms of the people I, 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 I talk to, the people I converse with. Uh, of course, I, no, no, it is not, it's not, uh, it's not uh, completely a paradise here, especially in China. Mm. Uh, but there is a sense of uh, more humanity, I guess, more warmth, uh, warm connections between people, something that uh, Europe is uh, lacking. Mm-hmm. And Panos, tell me if you were creating uh, art in Europe right now mm. at this point, uh, creating art or analyzing art, uh, you know, or you know, doing doing your thing with your branding. Would that perspective be entirely different than what you're doing in Asia right now? Yes and no. Okay. Uh, yes and no in terms of uh, my art uh, is uh, always, uh, wherever I will be on the planet, is always about uh, creating a critique about uh, the condition of contemporary humanity. Uh, that is a global phenomenon. Uh, mm-hmm. That is uh, more or less the things that I will be doing, uh, that I'm doing wherever I am. Mm-hmm. However, uh, there is a sense of a bit more softness that uh, has uh, influenced me in China, in Asia. Uh, there is a more a sense of a, a more refined sensibility, a sense of purity. There are other things that are more interesting, especially in China, for instance, it's the idea of time, how time is. Uh, I'm, I'm more interested, uh, much more interested in the idea of time here because of 
the uniqueness of what China is, the uniqueness of a, of, of uh, a nation that has been closed uh, for so many years, but now is moving so fast and so uh, rapidly uh, towards modernity, actually towards uh, post-modernity first, and then modernity, everything is backwards in China, <laughs> even mm-hmm. that. Uh, so it is this idea, certain ideas that influence me locally, uh, do come out from uh, to, in my in my art creation, uh, but mostly I have to say that it is kind of uh, the critique towards a contemporary humanity is being something that is unchanged and is kind of progressing and it's becoming more dark. If, 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 I, mm, if mm. I have to say, maybe because I'm becoming older more than because I'm in Asia. <laughs> yes, totally. So, Panos, you have studied semiotics, culture, and art. Tell me, tell me in terms of semiotics, how can, uh, and of course, I saw your, you know, your your brilliant artwork, and you're inspired by Magritte, and uh, a lot of other things. We're going to come later, but in terms of, uh, tell me, how can semiotics enhance art? And if you can sort of give an example uh, from history. Well, the idea is, uh, first of all, is uh, it's not only semiotics. Hmm. Uh, is 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 this is the is a sort of a of a of a bigger weapon of analysis, critical thinking, the way of looking at the world. Yeah, it is a. We're talking about cultural studies, media studies, critical uh, thinking studies. Hmm. All of these uh, are an interdisciplinary field that I studied. With uh, of course semiotics being at the at the top. Hmm. Um, if we are to analyze that, we can say that uh, semiotics started uh, in an era that uh, people started to realize um, that mass communication was taking place, uh, and mass communication had a profound effect uh, on people, on the way people perceive the world. Mm-hmm. So semiotics study was aiming to, to analyze all this mass media phenomenon and what kind of, uh, how meaning is communicated. Uh, what does that meaning mean and how people can decode this meaning. Uh, So in that sense, uh, it is a very interesting and useful way, not only of a method, uh, for me it's much more like a religion actually, it's more of understanding the world, understanding, perceiving uh, the environment around us and and understanding how meaning is created. Uh, So uh, if we are to then uh, apply this to art, it is about understanding uh, conceptual art, understanding contemporary art, uh, in the sense of how art has been changing. Um, previously, art uh, has been, and then we're talking, we're going to go into, I guess, uh, the idea of structuralism and post-structuralism, the idea of uh, the author, uh, the text, and the audience. This triangle uh, has been uh, a kind of a framework of perceiving how uh, not only work of art but uh, all kind of um, communication takes place under this framework. This started with the idea of uh, the author as the almighty empowered source that le- that that has uh, that gives meaning to the to, to a piece of art, to a piece of to a text, mm-hmm. to a narrative. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then the audience uh, decodes that, understands that, uh, tries to understand what was in the in the mind of the author. Mm. Uh, that is the idea of, I guess, if I am to use a, a white Christian metaphor, the idea of the Almighty 
uh, author uh, the Bible, for instance, yeah. uh, which is like a place, a, a book of uh, close meanings, you know, empowering, uh, empowered by by divinity to understand uh, the bigger meanings of uh, yeah. of religion. Uh, however, this is changing. The shifts of power have been changing. Uh, we're talking about now the audience becoming much more important, uh, much more, um, much more um, empowered to analyze and decode the meaning-based uh, a work of art or something uh, or a media text according to their own uh, understanding, to their own critical judgment. So yeah. the author or the artist uh, can create a meaning. Uh, through a work of art, but it is not a closed meaning, it is an open meaning. Yeah. It is a, a multi-layered meaning of many different uh, layers of meaning that can can be decoded by the by the audience, but the audience brings its, the, their own reading with mm-hmm. in it, their own reading, their own feelings, their own experiences that shape uh, an understanding of how to view a piece of work. And what does that mean for different people? Means mainly uh, potentially different things. Yeah, totally. But Panos, tell me, uh, do the audience need to also understand or be, uh, you know, be on the level of the creator, the author, to be able to decode the mind of the author? Uh, difficult questions. I love mm. them. I mean, not difficult, but they require a lot of uh, analysis. Listen, it is it is a matter of, uh, uh, of course, there should be a certain sense of uh, education, a certain sense of critical thinking, mm. especially when we're talking about mass media and the effect that they have on people, mm. on shaping people's opinions and perceptions. Mm. Uh, but it is also there. Are, there is another side of the coin here where we're talking about. Uh, the, one of the problems of uh, art, uh, contemporary art and conceptual art, is that sometimes, or rather most often, it's over- overtly mystified. Uh, so it is, it is somewhere, I believe it is, and that's what I've been trying to do through my art, create art that is demystified, that is easy to understand, mm. uh, that has, uh, that has um, uh, specific uh, openness to it, and easy an easiness in order to for the audience to, in order for me to communicate with the audience in order to meet the audience halfway. Mm. So it is a artist becoming extremely in an ivory tower kind of situation where they create art art for artists' sake and only uh, we, we only only audience that is extremely advanced in their in their critical thinking or in their even in the, or, or with certain so, sort of education, art-related education can decode it. But art should uh, talk to all people. Art should talk to everybody, I believe. And this is a problem about conceptual art, yeah. especially because we're talking about the shift between art for the eye, uh, which is uh, paintings, the paintings, mm. uh, the old, mm. and art for the mind, which is mostly conceptual art. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so when we're talking about art for the mind, uh, you need you need to meet the audience halfway through. So you cannot create something that is completely uh, complex, uh, mm. extremely mystified and, and, and ambiguous mm. all the time. Otherwise, you lose you lose the sense of mm. connection. I believe with the audience. Mm. Totally. But tell me, Panos, because there are a lot of artists who listen to this podcast. So so when we're talking about artists, we're talking about filmmakers, uh, painters, musicians, thinkers. But specifically, you know, suppose considering a filmmaker or considering a painter, 
यू नो और अ कंसेप्चुअल आर्टिस्ट लाइक योर सेल्फ नाउ इफ यू टॉक अबाउट अ फिल्म लाइक अ पैरासाइट और हिच कॉक दैट यू यू नो यू लव हिच कॉक ऑल्सो इन टर्म्स ऑफ अ मैग्रीट पेंटिंग नाउ इफ एन आर्टिस्ट थिंग्स दैट आई हैव टू मीट माई ऑडियंस हाफ वे फॉर एग्जाम्पल हाउ डज ही क्रिएट द आर्ट वर्क बिकॉज यू नो लाइक मैग्रीट इज़ वेरी डिफिकल्ट टू अंडरस्टैंड एवरी वन परहैप्स विल नॉट आइडेंटिफाई विद अ मैग्रीट it is not so much yes okay i see what you mean but yeah. it is not so much understand i don't believe that i don't believe in understanding okay. rational understanding okay. a piece of art hmm, hmm. uh between feelings art is a place where yes. okay. uh, you decode it and there are feelings that are coming to play so hmm. you can create first of all it's it's, it's a matter of uh, artists and art makers be, 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 being more empathetic mm-hmm. uh able to communicate something with meaning but doing it with empathy Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a matter of uh, of course uh, suppressing the artistic process but it is uh, just creating a bit more empathetic ways of doing it uh, in order to create uh, allow uh, feelings uh, of the audience to, to to come into play you know to instigate them so the artists need to think about that aspect as well i believe so i believe so and again mm-hmm. i mean there are many reasons for doing art there are many people that are doing art for different reasons and they're all of course very nice and noble mm. uh, but where i'm coming from is that i believe that art should be especially in the times that we live in art should awaken people's minds uh, should awake people's feelings as well uh, should uh, move them should help make them think should uh, try to reflect what is wrong with the world and should try to make the world a better place it is a kind of a duty of thinkers artists and uh, and writers to 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 have this role uh, in the world and of course uh, i don't believe uh, there is uh, so much of that happening yes so panos you love magritte i love magritte uh, so so tell me in terms of for example magritte's work and the use of semiotics how do you sort of uh you know would you like to elaborate uh, when it comes to magritte's paintings uh various paintings like not to be reproduced or golconda or the treachery of yes. images yeah the treachery of images is the biggest uh, yeah. is the first piece of uh, text we 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 learned in the, in the university so the magritte is like a great semiotician yes uh, Uh, he's more of a conceptual artist than a surrealist in yeah. my understanding yes uh, he uses objects uh, to, to to deconstructing them and taking them off their own context and placing them uh, in uh, in a surreal kind of uh, visual uh, compositions but there are many layers of reading so first of all in the beginning in the first layer you see you see a work of magritte and you see something that is very surreal that is maybe to 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 justify the the surrealist uh, ideology uh, reflecting or visualizing uh, how a dream would look like uh, or being inspired by dreams or or like um, uh, unconscious thinking but i believe that uh, if you go deeper all is a very purposeful placement and use of images to help people think to help people uh, feel uh, and understand uh, deeper ideas uh, connect connect uh, make connections in the brain so i don't think that there is like completely 
random and abstract usage of the way he's using images, the way he's using shapes and objects, uh, but it's actually very purposeful, very elegant and sophisticated uh, use of what to put next to each other in order to create meta-meanings, in order to create meta-texts, uh, visual uh, metaphors, if you like, uh, that do have meaning eventually, if you if you keep looking. <laughs> Okay. Okay. What, what about what about uh, you know I, you know your work like Trump and uh, your humor which you've used in your conceptual art. Uh, holy shit! I love that. You know what what you've done with it. Uh, how do you go about working uh, towards your art, your conceptual artwork? Uh, what's your process like? Also in terms of merging the form and meaning. Also, the enhancement of meta text. Do you work on it? It's is it in, instinctual or is it something that you sort of consciously keep working on? It is mainly instinctual. Mm -hmm. It is mainly uh, not so conscious. Actually, mm -hmm. I do hear voices in my brain, and they tell me do this, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I do mm -hmm. it. <laughs> but of course, uh, coming from a semiotics and a cultural analysis background, I do see. Uh, the totality of objects as a as a language, mm. Mm. as a language that uh, uh, they have associated meanings. Then, by juxtaposing uh, objects that are not uh, supposed to be together, I create meta meanings in order to uh, based on on, on on their connotations, based on on, on what uh, the objects stand for. Mm. So basically, object is dematerialized. It is used only for what it means, not for what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So, so of course, I'd sort of, you know, when you work as a conceptual artist, you, it's that's your personal expression. But when we talk about brands, uh, for example, you work as a cultural intelligence and strategy director for brands. Uh, that process must be completely different because then you're catering to a very wide audience. Yes, it is true, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it is not very different in terms, of course, it is different yeah. in terms of uh, marketing, uh, branding uh, um, context, mm. uh, but brands do have meaning, brands should be talking about meaning, brands are talking about ideas, mm -hmm. uh, they stand for something, mm -hmm. uh, they do have meanings behind them, uh, but it is mostly how brands are using the strategy to say stories basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and these stories can be stories that are uh, the tone of voice of these stories is also extremely important. Mm -hmm. For instance, we're talking about a general shift uh, that should be happening, it's happening more or less, uh, about brands that are either talking uh, from talking about themselves all the time, talking about uh, where they're coming from, uh, what they have, uh, where, where is their their origin, their their provenance, their specific functional benefits? Uh, moving on to what the brands what brands can do for consumers, going into much more emotional tonality, uh, talking about enabling people, enabling experiences, uh, helping people's lives, uh, having a more noble, if you like, uh, cause, which is again I know very contradictory to the whole idea of branding and selling, of course. Uh, but it is about what I said in the beginning, uh, brands that are mostly moving towards a purposeful way of uh, existence, 
uh, going above and beyond of just selling products, but contributing something meaningful into society. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about sharing uh, strategies to share stories when it comes to brands, uh, do you see mm-hmm. panels in terms of uh, what we are going through right now uh, at the moment, what the world is going through, there's political instability, there are a lot of things that are culturally affecting us, including the social media uh the constant chatter on social media is that affecting uh the way the content is getting consumed and created and the way you're analyzing it i would like to think so mm-hmm. uh, it is too early to tell mm-hmm. i did we did a, a recently uh, a big piece on analyzing how communication is changing post covid yeah. by analyzing uh, content, um, cultural content mm. uh, that has been created uh, post-COVID. Yes. And that kind of content I'm talking about from user-generated uh, images in social media mm. to artistic content to brand-related content. Uh, we, do, we do see a shift towards more humane uh, meanings, more humane kind of uh, uh, values being communicated, more warm ideas about preserving the uh, the importance of the human species, mm-hmm. about talking about brands instead of enabling the the, the ego of a consumer, uh, brands that are enabling a warmer connection between consumers, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is kind of that shift towards more uh, emotional and, and softer uh, positionings and strategies, more uh, smarter and uh, uh, and emotionally enabling strategies, uh, but of course, then that is it is a it is a very generic uh, trend. It is a very generic and initial stages shift that uh, we are witnessing, and uh, it would be nice to to see that uh, continue continuing uh, with brands uh, that are offering more services. Uh, creating much more purpose, as I said, mm-hmm. uh, it should be something that uh, uh, hopefully uh, is here to stay. Mm. But but tell me, Panos, uh, right now we're in the era of mindless content creation and also consumption. Like if we talk about you know the, those little video creations, if I may, I mean I don't want to name any sort of brand in there. But but tell me, is that affecting? the understanding of someone like yours work when it comes to conceptual art how many people would be able to if 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 the understanding of the people drops to a certain level then what and how will an artist communicate with that kind of an audience a uh, very good question uh, i guess art uh, talks to fundamental deep uh, elements of the psyche mm. so uh, regardless of a, of a kind of a, a, a again as I said it is not a matter of education mm. uh, people can understand and uh, associate things uh, with the, one of the reasons I'm using objects for instance is because objects we are all very close to them mm. uh, to, to, we, it, they mean so much to everybody mm. uh, subconsciously uh, so it is not uh, an elitistic, uh, elitistic kind of uh, art that I'm creating, but an art for the people. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, but but suppose for example, when it when we talk about films, and we right now we are currently in, uh, you know, I'm 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 sure you must have seen uh, Christopher Nolan films, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. right now everyone is talking about the Tenet and, you know, his art and his films, most of the times have, uh, you know, meta texts. You know, he talks about layers in his work. But do you think you know a majority of the audience sort of? identify with that or they are just sort of saying that oh you know we love Nolan films because they just want to say it just become a brand now no I think uh, subconsciously and without being able to articulate it Mm. uh, films like Nolan's films uh, do touch people's hearts Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that they don't understand but uh, it is again it is not so much a rational process Mm -hmm. so it's very difficult to articulate the audience to articulate why they like something. Mm. Uh, of course, the, the majority of people potentially are are uh, consumers of uh, trust culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, this is the case. It's a global phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but when 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 people see something of value, something of uh, where a lot of craft and a lot of care has been uh, given to to create it. I think that comes out eventually. Hmm. Tell me, Panos, as an artist yourself, um, is it okay, like you just said, is it okay for an audience to like something uh, subconsciously without understanding it? Uh, You know, does an artist like yourself uh, would be happy about the fact that, you know, they are liking the work, but actually they're not understanding it consciously what they're liking about it? Uh, yes, again, there are many layers of how a work of art can touch people. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like when people say, when I communicate with the audience and they tell me they like their work of art, they like my art, yeah. but they're giving me information. But of course, the best moments I had in an art, artist to audience experiences, when an artist Sorry, when when an audience is telling me that they read something that I never thought about mm. about my, they giving they're giving me a fresh perspective yes. of my own art, yeah. and that is a moment of brilliance. That is a moment that I really cherish, actually. Yeah, that is a deep connection uh, that is happening, and it should be happening. And I cherish these moments when when I have a when I have a connection like that with the audience. Mm. So, so, of course, when there is an active involvement of the audience in the artwork rather than a passive involvement. Of course, absolutely, absolutely. But again, it is it is not a must, you know. I, yes. I totally respect people just going and thinking, spending five minutes thinking and living without saying anything. I'm sure that these five minutes hopefully do something to them. So I'm not expecting, you know... <laughs> I'm not over mm. over expecting a lot every time. So yeah, it is a matter of uh, uh, creating connections that are mainly not easy to articulate. As I said, not easy to 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 communicate, but they are there nevertheless. Mm. So what kind of uh, panels? What kind of experience do you want your audience to have uh, when you uh, you know when you have? when you display your conceptual artwork, when you have your exhibitions, what is it that you're expecting? So the way I construct the artist, the the work of art in mm-hmm. terms of uh, 
what I expect the, the experience to be yeah. is uh, first of all uh, a first layer that breaks the ice <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and that usually is a witty or, or humorous first layer of, of, of reading the yes. work. Yeah. Uh, that creates, as I said, it breaks the ice, it creates more warmth and uh, uh, intimate kind of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then a deeper level of critical thinking, a deeper, a critical level of saying, okay, uh, yes, there is something wrong with this world, let's try to make it better. Uh, so it is a matter of a multi-layered uh, journey that uh, takes uh, an audience from uh, from a kind of uh, light-hearted and emotional uh, first reading into a much more critical, uh, thoughtful uh, and discerning second layer. Mm-hmm. Sure, and, and and do you think that you know uh, uh, you know when it comes to your artwork or you know or other artwork, do you get like the kind of response that you want? Do you see any kind of a change that's happening in the psyche of the audience? Would you want some change happen, or it's just an experience that comes and goes? No, there is something that should stay, you know, there is mm-hmm. something, not educational kind of uh, mm-hmm. effect, but right. kind of a more thoughtful, a deeper thoughtful uh, ability, mm-hmm. an ability to think a bit better, to think and go a bit deeper, to train your mind. It's like a mind exercise, yes. it's like a conceptual exercise that, mm-hmm. that helps people uh, become more critical thinkers. Mm. That is the essence, I believe. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks so much, Panos. Uh, you know, that was like, a, you know, a long, decent conversation and uh, have a great day. Thank you very much. Thanks again for this uh, lovely opportunity and the lovely, lovely discussing uh, with you all these uh, uh, deep but very, very important ideas. <laughs> yes. Thanks so much, Panos. Thanks. So that's it, folks. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, do tell us what kind of a cultural shift do you see currently happening and if that's affecting your work or it's going to affect your work in the future. You know where to find us, which is our website, blogmedia slash the artist. You can find us on our Twitter and Instagram handle, which is Metaphysical Lab and Epilogue Media. And of course, you can find me on my LinkedIn handle with my name. Thanks for listening and uh, can't wait to share the next guest coming up. Mm-hmm.